Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Continuing with Imam al-Hajjawi's famous text of Zad al-Mustaqni' uh, discussing the book of Hajj and Umrah. Last week we spoke about entering into Mecca and the issues pertaining to that and then we went on to speaking about the beginning of the tawaf, how to do the tawaf etc. And we've stopped with the author, he said fasl, he said section. And Sheikh Mansour he says, ذكر المؤلف في هذا الفصل أحكام سعي والتحلل من العمرة وما يتعلق بها بهما. The author mentions in this section rulings pertaining to the sa'i and freeing oneself from umrah, meaning freeing oneself from the ihram of umrah and issues pertaining to them both. So the author he says, ثم يستلم الحجر. إذا فرغ الطائف من ركعتي الطواف Once the person is free from the two raka' that he prays after finishing the seven circuits of tawaf فصنة له أن يعود إلى الحجر الأسود ويستلمه بيمينه Then the sunnah is that after having prayed those two raka' then the person goes back to the black stone and he touches it with his right hand and kisses it والدليل فعل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the evidence of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم كما ورد في صفة حجة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من حديث جابر and it's found in صحيح المسلم from the حديث جابر that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم did so وذكر ترمذي and Imam ترمذي he says أن عمل أهل العلم أن كل طواف بعده سعي that the actions that the people of knowledge are upon is that after every طواف when there is a سعي after the طواف then it's sunnah that the person returns to the black stone and touches it with his hand if he is able to do so. Because the tawaf began with touching the black stone. Likewise, also the sa'i should start with the touching of the black stone. But not if there is no sa'i after the tawaf. And then you wouldn't go back to the black stone after, after praying the two raka'at that you prayed after the tawaf. The author he says, وَيَخْرُجُ إِلَى صَفَى مِنْ بَابِهِ And the one who is making the umrah, he goes to Safa from its door. Sheikh Mansour says, وَكَانَ هُنَاكُمْ بَابٌ يَخْرُجْ إِلَى الْمَسْعَى مِنْ جَهَةِ الصَّفَى There used to be a door wherein the people, they would go through that door in order to get to the mas'a and to get to the place where you do the walking and running between Safa and Marwa. So the author said, That it's recommended for the person to go through that door to the mas'a, to the place of Safa and Marwa, if possible. However, this door is not there anymore. And the evidence is that the Prophet he himself did so. The author he says, then the person, he climbs upon Safa until he can see the house, meaning the Kaaba. Mansur says, Sheikh Mansur, It's recommended in Sunnah for the one who wants to do the Sa'i, uh, a variety of matters. The first of them, and yas'ad ala safa that he climbs upon safa li fa'lihi sallallahu alayhi wasallam because this is what the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did faqad warada fi sifati hajjihi sallallahu alayhi wasallam an jabir in sahih muslim that it's reported on the description 
of the Hajj of the Prophet sallallahu from Jabir radiyallahu anhu Sahih Muslim. فَبَدَأَ بِالصَّفَى فَرَقِيَ عَلَيْهِ That the Prophet sallallahu started with Safa and he climbed upon it. The second matter, and يَقْرَأَ in the سُعُودِهِ That the person recites when climbing Safa, uh, the Mount Safa, the following verse from Surah Al-Baqarah. إِنَّ الصَّفَى وَالْمَرْوَةَ مِنْ شَعَائِرِ اللَّهِ فَمَنْ حَجَّ الْبَيْتَ وَاعْتَمَرَ فَلَا جُنَاهَ عَلَيْهِ أَنْ يَطَوَّفَ بِهِمَا وَمَنْ تَطَوَّأَ خَيْرٌ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَاكِرٌ عَلِيمٌ That verse is found in Surah Al-Baqarah. So the person who wants to do the Umrah or the Hajj should memorize this verse so that they can implement this Sunnah when climbing upon Mount Safa. ثُمَّ يَقُولُوا أَبْدَأُوا بِمَا بَدَأَ اللَّهُ بِهِ and then the person he says, as it mentioned in Sahih Muslim, I begin with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala began with. And the fourth matter, وَيُسْتَقْبِلُ qibla That the person, he faces the qibla. طيب, the author he says, وَيُكَبِّرُ ثَلَاثًا وَيَقُولُ مَا ورد. That the person when he's on Safa and he's facing the qibla, he makes the kabir of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala three times and he says the following. Shaykh Mansour says, and you kabbiru thalathan li hadith jabir, fastaqbal al qiblata fawahad Allah wa kabbarahu, qala mithla hadha thalatha marrat. So in Sahih Muslim, the hadith jabir, the Prophet وسلم, faced the qibla, fawahad Allah, he said, la ilaha illallah, wa kabbarahu, and he made the takbir of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he said this three times. Yaqulu ma warad, wa huwa tahlil al ma'ruf al warifi al hadith jabir. The person says that which is reported and that comes in the hadith of Jabir radiallahu anhu where the Prophet sallallahu said La ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lahu lahul mulku walul hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir la ilaha illallahu wahdahu anjaza wa'dahu wa nasara abadahu wa hazam al-ahzaba wahdahu Sheikh Mansour explains that the way to do this all with the takbir and the um, the saying of this dua, that the person he makes this la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la to the end of it, and then he makes a dua after having said that. And it's sunnah that the dua should be a long dua. And then again he returns to saying this dua, and then again he says a long dua. And then again for a third time he says this long dua. But after the third time he doesn't make dua, he leaves and he moves on to uh, Marwa. So he, re- he repeats the takbir, he repeats the tahlil, the la ilaha illallah, uh, three times, making dua between each of them. And on the third time, there's no dua made after the third. وَقَدْ قَالَ النَّافِعًا دُعَاءِ بْلِ عُمَرِ فِي هَذَا الْمَوْضِعِ نَافِعَ رَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ لَيْهِ He said about the dua of Ibn Umar رضي الله عنهما in this situation He said وَيَدْعُ دُعَاءً كَثِيرًا That he used to make a long dua, lots of dua حَتَّى إِنَّهُ لَيُمِلُّنَا وَإِنَّ لَشَبَابِ To the extent that he would keep making dua that we would get tired and fed up and bored from it even though we were young and this was reported by Imam Ibn Qadama in his Al-Mughni, the third volume, page 355. The author, he says, Then the person, he descends from Mount Safa and he walks to the first flag. In the old times, there used to be a flag. And then between the first flag 
and to the next flag he would uh, run as fast as he's able to do so. What Dalil al and the evidence for the fact that the person should run between these two points is the hadith of Hubayba bint Abi Tajara. That she saw the Prophet وسلم, making the sa'i. That the Prophet وسلم's izar was following him and going around him because he was making the sa'i so fast. أصحابه, and the Prophet وسلم, was saying to the companions, Make the sa'i fast, be, be quick, because verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written this fast-paced running and walking upon you. And this hadith is in the hadith of Imam Ahmad, in the musnad of Imam Ahmad. So nowadays there is a green light to show that when the beginning of the running starts, and when the ending of the running starts, when you are doing the sa'i, the walking and the running between Safa and Marwa. ثُمَّ يَمْشِي Then the person, after having done the running part, he walks. And then he climbs upon the Mount Marwa. And then he does as he did. He, he speaks that which he spoke on the mountain of Safa. And then he comes down after having done that. And he walks again in the place of walking. And he runs at the points where he's supposed to be running on his way to Safa. And he does this seven times. Sheikh Mansour, he said, When the person passes the flag, uh, the green flag, walking, until he climbs al-marwa, and it's recommended that the person, he climbs the mount of uh, marwa. But this is not obligatory upon him. This is not obligatory upon him. And he says and he does similar to that which he did when he was on the Mount Safa. And then again he comes down and he walks. Until he comes to the green flag. And thereupon he starts to run because that's the point where he should be running from. And like this he will do seven times the walking and the running between the mountains. Uh, the ulama, they mentioned such as Sheikh um, Sami ibn Abdurrahman and Abhani in his explanation that the running is for men only and also is not recommended for the men or women to climb, for, it's, not, it's not recommended for the women to climb uh, Safa or Marwa. So the running is only for the men and it's not recommended for the women to climb the mountains of Safa or Marwa. And we have the hadith collected by Imam Dara Qutni from Ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma where he said لا تصعد المرأة فوق صفا والمروتة that the woman she shouldn't climb upon the mount of Safa or Marwa ولا ترفع صوتها بالتلبية nor should she raise her voice when she is making the talbiya لبيك اللهم لبيك طيب the author may Allah have mercy upon him he says ذهابه سعيتون his going is considered as one سعي and his coming back from Safa, from Marwa, is considered as being one Sa'i. فَإِنْ بَدَأَ بِالْمَرْوَةِ سَقَطَ الْشَوْتُ الْأَوَّلِ But if he begins with Marwa, then, the, then this lap will have been considered as being void. If he begins with Marwa instead of Safa. 
Sheikh Sami Suqair, in his explanation of Rawdul Murba, Hafidullah, he had the following important, important comment. He said, وَظَاهِرُ كَلَامِهِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ The apparent of the author's speech is وَلَوْ كَانَ عَامِدًا That even if the person done this intentionally, that yani, all, the, all that is upon him, that if he started from Marwa instead of Safa, then all that is upon him is that his one uh, lap is void. فَلَوْ تَعَمَّدَ أَنْ يَبْدَأْ بِالْمَرْوَةِ سَقَطَ أَحَدَ شَوْتِ وَحَادَ فِيهِ نَذْرِ But the Shaykh, he said, but in this there is, yani there is um, doubt, a person should look into it more. فَالصُّعَابْ أَنَّهُ لَوْ تَعَمَّدَ ذَلِكَ بَطَلَ سَعْيُهُ Whereas the reality is, and the correct state is, that if the person did this intentionally, starting from marwa instead of Safa, then his whole sa'i, his whole act of worship, that sa'i, is going to be invalid. Because this sa'i is not upon the way of the Prophet And the Prophet said clearly, Whoever does an action not on the way in which we have established it, then his action is going to be rejected. So this person who starts intentionally, from Marwa, he's mutalab, he's playing with the deen. وَهُنَاكَ فَرْقٌ بَيْنَ الْإِنسَانِ بَدَأَ بِالْمَرْوَةِ جَهْلًا أَوْ نِسْيَانًا And there's a great difference between the one who starts with Marwa uh, out of forgetfulness or out of ignorance. وَبَيْنَ مَنْ يَتَعَمَّدُ ذَلِكَ And between the one who does that intentionally. لِأَنَّ الثَّانِي فِيهِ نَوْئِ اسْتَهْزَاءَ وَسُخْرِيَةَ Whereas for the second person, the one who did it intentionally to start at the wrong mountain, then this person is ridiculing the deen and making fun in the religion which is not allowed, of course. The author, he said, It's sunnah and it's recommended that the person when he's making the sa'i, he has tahara from hadith al-asghar, that he's in the state of wudu. Sheikh Masoor says, There are some matters which are recommended in the sa'i, but they are not obligatory. The first of them, To be purified from the state of hadith and from najasa, impurities. So if the person did the sa'i whilst he was in a state of uh, hadith, whilst he was muhadith, then his sa'i would be uh, legally valid for him and it would be correct. Because in the hadith of Bukhari Muslim, the evidence is that Aisha radiallahu anha was told by the Prophet sallallahu when she was experiencing her menstrual cycle, if Ali ma yaf'alu al-haju ghayra alla tatufi bil-bayt hatta tathuri. Do everything that the person does in hajj, except you don't make tawaf around the Kaaba until you become purified. وَمِمَّا يَفْعَلُ الْحَاجُ أَسَعِي Shaykh Mansour says, and from that which the, the hajji he does is that from the actions which the Hajji is supposed to do, is that he's supposed to make Sa'i. And the Hadith allowed, or the Hadith shows that it's not obligatory, it's not conditional for the Hajj when he's making Sa'i, that he has to have Tahara from Hadith on Najasa. However, if the person does it in the state of Tahara, then this is more complete and it is better. وَالسِّتَارَةُ and to be, um, to have the aura covered. From that which is recommended in the sa'i, satru al-awra, is that the aura be covered. So if something was to be apparent from his aura whilst he was making the sa'i, then his, 
then his action, the sa'i, will still be correct. And the illa for that, the reason, because tahara, because purification was not given as a condition and it is more severe or it is more important to be as a condition. So he's saying that if, if purification was not there as a condition, even though it's more important for purification to be there as a condition, then more so it's not uh, a condition that the aura be covered because tahara was not a condition and that is more important than covering the aura. Therefore, from Babul Awla, therefore uh, the aura is not also a condition to be covered in the sa'i. But this, of course, does not mean that the person takes it easy with regards to covering his aura whilst making the sa'i. But rather, it's obligatory that he covers it due to the other general evidences pertaining to that. But it's not connected as a condition to the sa'i. So if something was to be exposed from his aura whilst he's doing the sa'i, then his sa'i will be correct. Whether the person did it intentionally, whether the person was ignorant, or whether the person did that forgetfully, meaning expose his aura. Um, the Sheikh, the author, may have mercy upon him, he says the next thing, from the recommended things is mu'alat. Mu'alat is the continuity of the act of worship. That is not a break, a large break in terms of time between the acts of worship. He's referring to here, as Sheikh Mansour says, al-mu'alatu bayna ashwat sa'i, meaning that between the laps of the sa'i, the, the laps going back and forth of the sa'i, there shouldn't be any break. ashwat that the person should be continual between these laps. And he shouldn't break these laps. And that is as qiyas upon the tawaf. Making uh, analogy upon the tawaf. Uh, so the mu'allif, the author, he says that mu'alat is sunnah. And is not a condition. And this is one of the narrations of Imam Ahmad, Ikhtaraha ibn Qudama. And this is the one that Ibn Qudama, Al-Maqtasi, the Imam, he chose. Wal-Mashhur min al-Madhab, and the famous opinion from the Madhab, an al-Mu'alat fi sa'i wajiba, that the Mu'alat, that the continuity in the sa'i is obligatory. Sheikh Mutalaq Jasr, Sheikh Mutalaq Jasr, Hafidhullah Ta'ala, in his explanation, he says the sunniya, the sunnah that is being referred to here of mu'alat is between the tawaf and the sa'i. Meaning that as soon as somebody has finished the tawaf and the matters pertaining to the tawaf, then he should go on and he should complete the sa'i and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. ثُمَّ إِنْ كَانَ مُتَّمَتِّعًا لَا حَدْيَ مَعْهُ قَصْرَ مِنْ شَعْرِهِ Then once the person has finished the sa'i, if he is mutamatti'an, he's doing the hajj tamattu' and he doesn't have his hadi, his sacrificial animal with him, qassara, then he cuts his hair, and then he's free from the state of ihram until the uh, rituals of hajj, they start. Shaykh Mansur, he said, إِذَا كَانَ الَّذِي فَرَغَ مِنَ السَّعِي مُتَمَتِّعًا If the one who finished the sa'i is mutamatti'an, وَلَمْ يَسْقِي الْحَدِي and he doesn't have his sacrificial animal with him, فَإِنَّهُ يُقَصِّرُ شَعْرَهُ أَوْ يَحْلِقْهُ Then verily, he cuts his hair, or he shaves it. 
ويتحلل من ثيابه and he's then able to remove his um, ihram لأن أمرته انتهت because verily his umrah has now been completed ولم يسقي الهدي and he didn't bring the hadi with him فإن قيل شيخ منصور he poses a question if it said لما قال المصنف why did the author say قصر ولم يقل حلق why did the author say that he shortens his hair and he didn't say to cut his hair question to yourselves why did the author say at this point to shorten your hair and he didn't say to actually shave the hair طيب قيل للتنبيه على ان المسنون التقصير لا الحلق to allude to the fact that the sunnah is to shorten the hair and not to cut it لأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم because the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم أمر في حديث ابن عمر that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم commanded in the hadith of ابن عمر which is in Bukhari and Muslim فقال وليقصر and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said cut your hair والحكمة في ذلك and the wisdom in that توفير الحلق إلى الحج is that the shaving will take place when the person has finished his hajj so you leave the majority of your hair for the time when you are going to shave it in the hajj وإلا حل إذا حج and if this is not the situation, the one that the author described, then he would be free from his ihram when he makes hajj. Sheikh Mansur says, إِذَا كَانَ الْمُتَّمَتِّعَ قَدْ سَاقَ الْحَدِي If the one who's doing hajj tamatta' has brought with him his sacrificial animal, أو كان مفرداً أو قارناً or he's doing hajj ifrad or qiran, فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَحِلُّ إِلَّا إِذَا فَرَغَ مِنَ الْحَجِّ So then this person is not going to be removed from the state of ihram until he has finished from the hajj. لأنه لا يحل حتى يبلغ الحدي محله because verily the person is not free from the ihram until the sacrificial animal reaches its place meaning slaughtered and it's uh, when it has been slaughtered كما فعل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم as the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم did والمتمتع the author says إذا شرع في الطواف قطع تلبية المتمتع when he enters into the tawaf when he starts doing the tawaf he will stop doing the talbiyah. He will stop saying the labayk Allahumma labayk. Sheikh Mansour, al-mutamatta yaqta'u talbiyata ida shara'a fi tawaf al-umrah. That the mutamatta, he stops doing the talbiyah when he starts the tawaf al-umrah. And the deal and the evidence, as in the hadith of Abi Dawood and Tirmidhi of Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma, annahu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kana yumsiku an talbiyati fi al-umrati ida stalam al-hajr. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would stop doing the talbiyah and the Umrah when he would touch and kiss the black stone, meaning at the beginning of the tawaf. وَمَعْلُومٌ أَنَّهُ صلى الله عليه وسلم يَسْتَلِمُ الْحَجُ فِي أَوْلِ تَوَافِهِ And it's known that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم would touch the black stone in the beginning of his tawaf. لِأَنَّ تَلْبِيَةَ هِيَ إِجَابَةً لِنِدَاءٍ هِيَ إِجَابَةٌ لِنِدَاءٍ Because the talbiyah, لَبَيْكَ اللَّهُمَ لَبَيْكَ is an answering to the call of one to perform the hajj. وَدَعْشَرَعَ and when the person embarks and starts upon the act of worship, then it means that the talbiyah should stop because he has responded to the act of worship. As for the qarin and the mufrid, Then they do not stop until they do in hajj the throwing of the jamrat al-aqaba, the throwing of the stones to the jamrat al-aqaba, and this will come. Though he moves on, may Allah have mercy upon him, now to the new chapter, Babu Sifatil Hajji wa Umrah, the chapter pertaining to the description of the Hajj and the Umrah. He says, Yusannu lil muhallina bi Makkah al-Ihram bil Hajji yawmi tarwiyah. 
it's recommended and it's sunnah for the person to re-enter into the state of ihram or to put on the ihram for hajj on the yawm of tarwiyyah. Sheikh Mansour, he says, Al-Muhallun yusun lahum an yahrimu bil hajj fi yawm tarwiyyah. It's sunnah for them to put on their ihram, the Muhallun people, <coughs> they put on the ihram on yawm tarwiyyah. Wahuwa yawm thamin, and it is the eighth day. Fayalbusu thiyab al-ihram, so they put on the clothing of ihram, and they enter into the state and they enter into the rites of the Hajj. And these people who are known as Muhallun, they are the one who did the Hajj Tamatta. So they removed the Ihram after having finished the Umrah. So they put on the Ihram on Yawm Tarwiyah on the eighth day of, of uh, Dhul Hajjah. And similar to them in ruling is the people of Mecca and those who are close to Mecca. So all of them are considered as those who were not in the state of Ihram. And the evidence that they enter into the Ihram on the eighth day is the hadith of Jabir in Sahih Muslim. Until it was the day of Tarwiyah, meaning the eighth day, when we put Mecca behind our backs, we started into the rites of Hajj. The author, he said, قَبْلَ زَوَالْ مِنْهَا That this should be done before the Zawal, before the uh, sun reaches the zenith on that day. السُنَّةِ إِنْ يَكُونُ إِحْرَامُهُمْ فِي الْيَوْمِ الثَّامِنِ قَبْلَ زَوَالِ الشَّمْسِ The Sunnah is that they do it before the Zawal of the Shams on the eighth day. والدليل and the evidence in Sahih Muslim from Hadith of Jabir رضي الله عنه فلما كان يوم تروياتي توجهوا إلى منا so when it was the day of تروية the eighth day they went forth to to منا فأحلوا بالحج so they entered into the ihram of Hajj وركب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم rode his camel فصلى بها الظهر والعصر والمغرب and he prayed الظهر والعصر والمغرب والعشاء والفجر and the evidence from the hadith is that the Prophet ﷺ, he went forth to Mina before Dhuhr. So this means that he entered into the state of Ihram on the eighth day before Mina, as the author was alluding to. The author he says, And it's permissible for the person to put on his Ihram from anywhere in the Haram. Uh, Sheikh Mansour, he says, The sunnah is that the person puts his ihram on in Mecca. And it's permissible for him to do other than Mecca, as long as it's within the sanctuary of the haram. Even if it's outside of Mecca. And that is due to the Prophet saying, Even the people of Mecca, they will make ihram from it. وقد وقد أحل أصحابه من أطبح كما في حديث جابر and the companions رضي الله عنهم they made إحرام from the place الأبطح from the place الأبطح as mentioned in the حديث جابر وبيان هذا and the clarity of this أنه لو أحرم من جهات تعتبر داخل الحدود الحرم that if the person he enters into the إحرام from any of the places which are considered within the sanctuaries of the حرم but this place is outside of Mecca, then his ihram is going to be valid. As long as he's within the sanctuaries, sanctuary 
boundaries of the Haram. The author he says, وَيَبِيتُ بِمِنَا And then the Hajji, after having uh, left Mecca and in the state of Haram, he spends, he, st- he stays the night in Mina. Sheikh Mansour says, Al-Sunnah lahu ba'da dhalika an yatajiha illa Mina. The Sunnah after that is that he goes on towards Mecca after getting into the state of Haram. He goes on towards Mina. فَيُصَلِّي بِهَا And then he prays there. كَمَا فَعْلَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهِ سَلَّمَ الظُّهْرُ وَالْعَصْرُ وَالْمَغْرِ وَالْإِشَاءِ He prays the Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib and Isha. وَفَجْرِ يَوْمَ عَرَفَةِ And Fajr on the day of Arafah. وَيُبِيتُ بِمِنَا And he stays in Mina. So these prayers are joined but they are not shortened as mentioned by Sheikh Salih Al-Fawzan. وَلَوْ بَاتَ خَارْجَ مِنَا جَازْ وَلَا شَيْءَ sanctuary, the Mina area, then this would be permissible for him and there would be no penalty upon him. And when the sun rises on the next day, the person moves on to Arafah. The Hajji, he moves on to Arafah. Sheikh Mansour, Once the person has prayed Fajr on the day of Arafah, he sits in Mina. So when the sun has risen, then the sunnah is that the person moves on then to the place of Arafah. And all of Arafah is a mawqif. All of Arafah is a place that you can stand for worship except Batna Urana, Wadi Al Urana. Okay, this place is known as the Valley of Urana. Uh, Sheikh Mansour, he says, Arafah All of Arafah is mawqif. So any place that the person stands in, as long as it's within the boundaries of Arafah, then that would be valid for him as the act of worship. Except for the value of Urana. Then the person is not allowed to stand there. And if he stood there as an act of worship, his standing would not be valid. The hadith of collected by Imam Ahmad, of Jubair ibn Mut'am, he said, the Prophet said, Kullu arafata mawqifun. All of Arafah is a mawqif, meaning all of Arafah is a place where you can stand. As, but make sure that you remove yourself from the value of Urana. Arafah now is demarcated by clear signs, uh, demarcating clearly what are the boundaries of Arafah. So a person is quite easy for him to know whether he's within the boundaries or not. The author, he said, And it's recommended on the day of Arafah that the person he joins between Dhuhr and Asr. Mansur, Sheikh Mansur, he says, It's recommended and it's sunnah that the people, they join between Dhuhr and Asr on the day of Arafah, meaning that they do it in the early time. That Asr is prayed in the time of Dhuhr, not Jamatakhir, where Dhuhr is prayed in the time of Asr. Due to the action of the Prophet and this is done in order that they can be freed up in order to have time to spend uh, doing lots and lots of dua and humbling themselves and making themselves poor in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaykh Amil Bahjat, he says, Hafidahullah, for those who live close by, the Mu'tamad position is that they don't make jam, that they don't join between the salawat. The author, he says, And the person stands, it's sunnah that the person stands uh, whilst he's riding. Sheikh Mansur, The position 
of how the person stands in Arafah يَجُوزُ لِلْإِنسَانِ أَنْ يَقِفَ مَاشِيًا أي نَازِلًا عَلَى الْأَرْضِ It's permissible for the person to stand whilst he is walking on his feet أو رَاكِبًا عَلَى رَاحِلَتِهِ Or he can stand upon his riding beast or car of anything of that nature وَقَدْ وَقَفَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ رَاكِبًا And verily the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he stood whilst he was riding his beast بمعنى أنه كان راكباً على راحلته قاعداً عليها وليس بنازل meaning that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was, was doing this act of worship of being in the sanctuary of Arafah where you're supposed to stand and make dua to Allah and to implore him for your forgiveness and needs the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم did this whilst he was on his riding beast صلى الله عليه وسلم the author he says in the Sakharat وَجَبْلِ الرَّحْمَةِ at the rocks and the mount known as Mount Rahma. Mawtin al Wakuf, the place where you stand, and Yaqifa in the Jabal, as Falihi in the Sakharat, that the person stands at the bottom of the Mount Rahma, where the rocks are. And the, the, the road or the way which is known as Habl Mashat, it is uh, put in front of him. And he faces the Qibla. وَدَلِيلُ حَدِيثُ جَابِرٍ And the evidence is in the Hadith of Jabir in Sahih Muslim فَجَعْلَ بَطْنَ نَاقَتِهِ الْقَصْوَى إِلَى السَّخَرَاتِ So the Prophet وسلم, he brought his camel very close to the rocks وَجَعْلَ حَبْلُ الْمُشَاتِ بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ And he made the pathway and the road which is now known as حَبْلُ الْمُشَاتِ بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ in front of him was taqbal al-qibla and he faced the qibla sallallahu and it's no doubt, Sheikh Mansur says, that if in this place at the bottom of the mount and uh, facing Mecca, facing the Qibla and um, yani with Habal Mashat in front of you, with that part, with that road in front of you, if this is extremely busy, then it's better for you to leave wanting to be there. Especially if the person is a group leader. So that the, he doesn't want to be, you know, um, hidden in the crowd. He should be standing out so his his people can follow him. And the Prophet said, as in the hadith in Sahih Muslim, I stood here, but all of Arafah is a mawqif. All of Arafah is a place where you can stand. So it's totally permissible and virtuous to stand anywhere in Arafah. You don't have to be in the place that we described. And also it's strange that a lot of people think that they have to climb Jabal Rahmah, the Mount Rahmah. That's not the case. The Prophet ﷺ didn't climb it. The Prophet ﷺ stood at the bottom of it as we described. Tawthi says, And the person in Al-Arafah, he makes as much dua as possible from that which has been rated. Ibn Khuzaymah, he mentions in the hadith of Jabir, that the Prophet ﷺ, that it's mentioned, Inna Allah, the Prophet ﷺ said, Inna Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven in a way that befits his majesty which is not understood by us but we believe in it because he mentioned it in many places that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he descends to the lowest heavens and he shows off to the malaika meaning he shows off his creation that are worshipping him to the angels look to my slaves look at them they came disheveled and their clothes in a mist, and they came from every narrow mountain path. Ushidukum anni qad ghafartu lahum. I take you as witnesses, O angels, that I have forgiven them. So it is a day, 
Sheikh Mansour says, wherein the dua is hoped to be answered. Turja fihi al-ijaba, walidhalika ustuhibba lahu al-fitr yawma idhin. And due to that, it's recommended that the person doesn't fast on this day. Liyattaqawwa ala dua, so that the person can be strong, that he can have lots of energy to spend in making dua. وَلِأَجْلِ ذَلِكَ فَلْيَنْبَغِي لِلْحَاجِ أَنْ يَسْتَغِلَّ ذَلِكَ الْمَوْقِفِ And due to this, it's imperative that the one who's making hajj, when he's in this area of Arafah and at that time, that he uses all of his time to make dua and to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا يُفَرِّتُ وَلَا بِيَسِيلٍ مِنْهُ And he doesn't waste any of his time, doesn't be negligent in anything pertaining to the acts of worship on Arafah. And that he increases and he strives so hard in making dua. And in humbling himself before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and groveling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That there has not been a specific dua, Shaykh Mansur says, which is narrated that you say on Arafah. There's no specific dua. However, in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad and the Sunnah of Tirmidhi, the following mentioned by Amr ibn Shaib and Abihi, that Amr ibn Shaib he narrates from his father and Jaddi from his grandfather, radiallahu anhum, marfu'an, that the Prophet said, خَيْرُ الدُّعَاءِ دُعَاءَ يَوْمِ عَرَفَةِ that the best of the du'as is the du'a which is made on Arafah. And the best that I have said and the, and the messengers before me, is La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir So this is a, a, a very important dua that the person says when they are there in Arafah and outside of Arafah on the day of Arafah. Question to yourselves, what is odd about this dua? Do you notice anything odd about this dua that I just mentioned? As compared to other duas that we know. What you'll find is that this dua, there's no asking. You're not asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for anything in it. And Shaykh Sami ibn Abdurrahman, he mentions, dua. So this is praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but with the meaning of dua. And the meaning is that, oh Allah, I have praised you and glorified you so that you may fulfill my needs. So this is making dua without actually mentioning the wordings of dua. This is alluding to dua through the praise and extolling the virtues of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The author, he says, وَمَنْ وَقَفَ وَلَوْ لَحْدَةً مِنْ فَجِّ يَوْمِ عَرَفَ And whoever stands in Arafah, even if it be for a moment, because standing in Arafah is a rukun of hajj. Without the standing in Arafah, your, your hajj is invalid. So whoever stands, even if it be momentarily, momentarily in Arafah, إِلَى فَجِرِ يَوْمِ النَّحَرِ Until Fajr from the day, uh, on the day of Eid, whoever stands from the legislated time of standing in, in, standing in Arafah, until Fajr on the day, day of Eid, then his, uh, his, his rukan is going to be accepted from him. His pillar of standing in Arafah is going to be accepted from him. Uh, of course, he has to be from those who are valid to be a person doing Hajj. So again, just uh, to conclude that, which was a bit gibberish there, whoever stands in Arafah doing that act of worship which is a rukun for him, which is a pillar for him. As long as he stood even momentarily from the time when it's allowed for you to stand on Arafah, which we'll discuss in a minute, in a minute until Fajr of the day of Eid, then his standing, his rukun will be valid for him. Sheikh Mansur, he says, As for the time 
of standing in Arafah which is legally valid so it's from the Fajr, the time, Fajr time of Yawm Arafah until Fajr Yawm Al-Aid, Eid Al-Adha, Yawm Al-Aid Al-Nahar, right? So any time between then, if a person stood even momentarily, then his standing is going to be valid. Why? Because we have the hadith in Abi Dawood and Ahmad of Urwa ibn Mudris who said in the long hadith and towards the end, the Prophet said, Man adraka ma'ana hadith salah. Whoever catches this salah with us, and it was the salah of Fajr on the day of Muzdalifa. And he came to Arafat and he came to Arafat before that, meaning before this salat al Fajr. Whether it be during the day or the night. For verily his hajj has been complete. And his hajj has been complete. وَشَاهِدُ قَوْلُهُ And the witness from the hadith, the evidence from the hadith is where the Prophet said أَوْ نَهَار Or during the day وَالنَّهَار يَبْدَأُ مِنْ طَلُوءِ الْفَجْرِ وَالنَّهَار يَبْدَأُ مِنْ طَلُوءِ الْفَجْرِ And the day begins from the sun rising, from the time the sun has risen after Fajr فَبِطَلُوءِهِ يَبْدَأُ الْيَوْمِ So from the sunrise the day starts فَإِذَا وَقَفَ صَاحِبًا مَثْلًا إِن طَبَقَ عَلَيْهِ so if the person stands in the morning of Yawm Al-Arafah, then the ruling is given that he has stood as a rukun, as the pillar of Hajj on the day of Arafah. Okay, so the author is saying, and as was explained in the hadith, that uh, as long as you stand from any time from, from Fajr of Yawm Al-Arafah, meaning once the sun has risen, once the day has started, until Fajr of uh, Yawm Al-Aid, then your standing is going to be valid. Ibn Taymiyyah has a second opinion in the Madhab, which is that it's preferable, it's better for the one who's making the Hajj, that he stands after the Zawal of Yawm Al-Arafah, not before that. He stands, it's better that he stands after the Zawal of Yawm Al-Arafah. Yeah. That he stands after the Zawal Yawm Arafah. The author he says, And the author he mentioned in this sentence that the person is from those who it's allowed for him to do Hajj. Or he is um, he has the valid criteria to be somebody who's doing Hajj. Sheikh Mansur says, Man huwa al lil Hajj Who is the one who is um, you know qualified to stand in Hajj? On Arafah, it is the one who gathers together a variety of matters and descriptions. Number one, and Muslim, that he should be a Muslim. Number two, that he should have been in the state of Ihram with the intention of a Hajj. Number three, that he shouldn't be drunk. Number four, he shouldn't be crazy. Number five, nor should he be unconscious. And if this is not the case, if he doesn't fit these descriptions, Sheikh Mansur says, If he fulfills these descriptions, all of them that have been mentioned, the five, then his standing in Arafah is going to be valid. Whereas if he didn't stand by in Arafah, or, or he stood in Arafah but outside of the times which were legislated, أو لم يكن من أحل الحج حين الوقوف فإنه لا يصح حجه. Or he stood in Arafah, but he wasn't one who had these five characteristics. 
then he would not be from one whose hajj is going to be valid because his standing is not valid. And the reason he has lost out and he has not fulfilled the, the standing in Arafah which was legislated upon him in the correct way. The author he says, And whoever stands during the day of Arafah and then he leaves before the sunset on the day of Arafah, but then he doesn't return to Arafah before sunset, then this person has to pay a penalty, he has to sacrifice. And whoever stands in the night, meaning after Maghrib, on the day of Arafah, before the uh, Fajr of Eid, then this person doesn't have to pay the dam. This person doesn't have to pay a penalty. So Sheikh Mansur, he said, If the person stands in Arafah during the day, then the person leaves before the sunset. So this has two possibilities. Number one, that the person doesn't return uh, before the sunset. So that he may stay in Arafah until the sunset. Then verily this person in this situation has to pay the penalty. And that is because he left out the obligatory action which is to stay in Arafah until the sunset. However, if this was done due to ignorance, meaning that he left before Maghrib, or it was done um, due to another reason that is permissible for him, then there is nothing upon him. The second situation in this scenario, that the person leaves before the sunset. However, he comes back before the sunset. So he's left before Maghrib, but he comes back before the sunsets. So he comes back and he catches the Maghrib, the sun setting. He's standing there and he catches the sun setting in uh, Arafah. Then there's nothing upon him. And that is because he came and he joined between the standing of the day and the standing of the night, which is the evening having the sunset. So the wajib is that when the person gets there before the uh, when the person gets there before Maghrib, he has to stay until Maghrib. Okay, so he he joins between so he catches uh, the act of worship of standing during the day and standing during the evening. Sheikh Muqtad Jasr, he gives a bit more tawdih, he gives a bit more clarity to this. He says the rukun of standing is at least a moment between Fajr to Fajr, between the Fajr of Arafah, meaning the sunrise on Fajr of Arafah, until the Fajr of Yawm al-Eid. That's the rukun, the pillar. Okay, it must be done at least one moment between the Fajr to Fajr. And the wajib is for the one who stands there before Maghrib, is that he remains there till Maghrib. So if he didn't remain there until Maghrib, though he was there before Maghrib, then he's going to have to pay a penalty for missing out on that wajib. The one who stands after Maghrib, meaning that he only stands after Maghrib, then there is no wajib upon him, only the rukun, which is that he must stand at any given time between the Fajr to the Fajr. As mentioned by Sheikh Muqtalaq Jasr, Hafidullah. Tayyip. The author, he says, and this is the last thing we'll take today, Then the person on the day of Arafah, after he stood there until Maghrib, he now leaves. And he makes his way to Muzdalifah. That the people, they follow their leader, their group leader, after 
or they followed the Imam after the sun has set on the day of Arafah. What dalil and the evidence is the action of the Prophet sallam, as mentioned in the hadith of Jabir. فَلَمْ يَزَلْ وَاقِفًا حَتَّى غَرَبَتِ الشَّمْسِ So the Prophet sallam, continued to stand on the day of Arafah until the, shun, until the sun set. وَذَهَبَتِ الصُفْرَةُ قَلِيلًا And then the yellowness of the sun, it went a little. حَتَّى غَابِ الْقُرْسِ Until the disk of the sun had been hidden on the horizon. And that's when the Prophet sallam, moved on to Muzdalifah, which is where we will continue next week by Allah's permission, inshallah. Anything which was correct was a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The mistakes and shortcomings were from myself and shaitan. I hope that as you develop in your Arabic language, you will find that the translation between the Arabic to the English is beneficial for you, inshallah. And we ask Allah to reward us immensely for this little act of worship. Uh, any questions, then feel free. I think I have a quick question here. No questions, Taib. Wa jazakallah khair. May Allah reward you all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.